0: Okay, we're gonna get started again here. The number one key to effective leadership. This is not gonna be what you think. In fact, I really wrestled with doing this the last session. I should have done it the last session. Um, uh, But I thought you can talk about being a leader and if people don't see themselves as leaders, they're not gonna wanna know the number one thing you gotta know as a leader. But I'm just gonna tell you that uh, this this idea of leadership well I'm going to I'll comment on after I pray I want to have a word of prayer to begin with so I'm going to kneel and ask God to bless our time if you'll bow your heads with me please Father in heaven I do want to thank you again for this Sabbath day and the opportunity we have to come together and study your word and meditate upon your call on our lives Lord bless us now in the name of Jesus we ask and pray amen I want to reiterate what I said last time in the last session that uh, and what I said this morning that there's a lot of concern in the Christian community and this is beyond the Adventist community on the missing population of the 18 to 29 year old crowd. And I really believe a lot of it has to there are a lot of factors. So I mean, I can make a generalization here, but I believe a lot of it has to do with the fact and I'm going to use David Kinnaman's word the, the president of uh, Barna Research Group that we've not taught the young people how uh, any we've not educated them in them in life after youth group and the fact of the matter is I've got a I've got a one of my church members right now has taken a year off for missionary service uh, was a student at one of our universities is a student one of our universities and came to me in his first year and he said to me pastor I, I, I forget what I had preached on. I, I'd made some kind of emphasis on our b- involvement. And he said, Pastor, I have to tell you. He says, I just, I'm not really involved in church. I said, well, tell me what the problem is. He said, I go to the university. It's a university church. It's this big, massive church. I don't know what to do or how to get involved. Of course, he goes to a church that's a smaller church where he comes from. And the fact of the matter is many young people, Adventist young people, l- let me just put it this way. We don't have a lot of mega churches in the Adventist church. You know where you find them? on university campuses that's a reality and so here come Adventist kids and they go from home in that little country church with 50 members or less 75 percent of them with blue hair and they get into and I'm not talking about dyed blue hair like people do today but I'm talking about you know the that shade that lovely shade of gray that the older generation has and uh, that sleepy little country church, and they come into a church setting where everything is entertainment-driven, geared to them, so they have a rockin' church service with all kinds of things to grab their attention, only to go back. They don't sing anything out of the hymnal, and I'm being a little bit uh, overgeneralizing here, but I'm going to tell you, it's not too, ma- too far off the mark. And then they go back to their little country church, and they say, they go for a week if they go, and then they stop going altogether. There's a total disconnect there. I've seen it not only in the college age, I've seen it in academy age, and I told him, I told my young church member, I said, listen, here's the problem you're having. You have, you have been coddled and catered to every t- all the, the way through high school, and what happens is, of course, you've got pathfinders, you've got camperies and everything else, and then you turn 18 years old, and boom, you're out of pathfinders, and if you're not in college, then there you are in your sleepy little country church, and nothing is relevant anymore. There's a disconnect. Uh, we talk about young people being the church of tomorrow. Have you ever heard that? Young ch- they're our church of tomorrow. They're our leaders of tomorrow. And the young people say, well, if I we're leaders of tomorrow, I guess we'll come back tomorrow. The reality is they're leaders of today. You're leaders of today. You need to be leaders of today. And the, we've not cultivated that. We've lost this segment. And again, this is not just in the Adventist church. This is in Christianity in general. Besides the fact that our culture is constantly competing for your attention. And our culture is very entertainment driven. I'm going to tell you, when you got people catering to you to entertain you all the time, then to come into some little country church with 50 members just isn't all that interesting. And we are sadly lacking the missionary spirit. When I say missionary spirit... For, for some of our young people that do catch the missionary spirit, they say, oh yeah, I'm going over to Mexico. Let me just give you a news flash. We need missionaries here in America. We do. You go around to our little churches around, and what do we need? We, we need young adult missionaries who go into that church with their energy and, and excitement and work to build up the work of God you go back to the early church of acts you see thousands baptized in a day but i'll tell you you're not going to find an entertainment driven megachurch there in fact the bible says when they all started gathering together in acts chapter 8 god allowed persecution to come on the church and spread them all over the place because it wasn't his design that they all get together in a big mega church and they just hey lord here we are to worship i had somebody ask me that i said pastor you know this talk about mission and everything else isn't it just about worshiping god coming into his house and, and and basking in his presence and worshiping him so i want you to entertain the thought with me for a minute um i don't spot too many parents in here i'm a parent but you have parents you can relate you have siblings brothers and sisters how many of you have younger brothers and sisters okay imagine your younger brother younger brother or sister was uh was kidnapped Or let's not just say kidnapped, let's just say they are missing. They were supposed to come home from school one day and didn't come home. And initial thought is, whoa, you know, and I don't know what the curfew rules are and what the rules for this, that, and the other. Maybe they went to a friend's house and and there could be all these things processed, but day one passes, day two, day three, still no word. Day four, mom and dad haven't heard from them, you haven't heard from them, their friends haven't heard from them. How are you feeling? A little little bit panicked? Anybody feel a little bit panicked at that? Yeah, I think I was As a parent. You're definitely you're panicked. This is your child, and you have heard nothing. And you, and and and, and they make it a little clear. Maybe your maybe your younger sibling is 18. <laughs> so let's say the 10 year old. You know, the 8 year old. You're beside yourself. You're 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 panicked. Where are they? What happened to them? You've talked to the authorities. Nobody has at this point. Nobody's found them. And your friends hear about it, and your friends come over to visit you at your house. They know you're feeling down, so they come into your house and they say, well, we just wanted to come in here and tell you how much we love you and how, you know, you're just, uh, we just want to tell you you're such a kind person, a loving person, and a generous person. We, just, we thought you would feel better if we told you that. and We even came to sing you some songs because we really love you now in this state of mind what are you going to think what are you going to say to your friends if you really love me what help me find my child right what do you think it means to God when we're going to come in his house and talk about how great he is we're just going to praise him and we're going to talk about how great he is and how much how loving he is and how much we love him for loving us but we're not going to do a thing to help him find his lost children that's an insult to God that is not worship you cannot worship my friends if you don't have a passion for the lost you can't worship a God whose whole existence is passion for the lost and 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 I'm afraid that some people they'll throw those kind of things out there like well let's just worship God it's like the man who who Jesus told that that we ought to go and and throw a uh, don't throw a supper for all your friends who can benefit from it but go throw a supper for the people who can't benefit and then there was a guy who speaks up and he says hey you know what blessed is he who eats bread in the kingdom of god in other words let's shove that conviction off he knew he wasn't throwing a supper for the people that blessed is he who eats bread in the... or the other man right with the neighbor jesus talking about being neighborly and he says well who really is your neighbor what's he saying he's saying get off the conviction okay because he knew he wasn't doing to his neighbors what he should have been doing to his neighbors i'm afraid that many of us we 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 use excuses to not take hold of what god has called us to take hold of and i i just can't be plainer than to tell you that christianity involves taking hold of the work of god and stepping up to being a part of it. Now, I want to talk to you about this afternoon. You want to be a leader, the first thing you've got to do, the, every leader, the one rule every leader's got to be clear on is where, where he's, the one thing a leader has to be clear on is where he's going. It was John Maxwell, the leader on, uh, John Maxwell is an expert on leadership. And one of his fa- famous sayings is, if, if, you're, um, if you're leading people and nobody's following you, You're just taking a walk, right? I mean, a leader is, you're supposed to be leading. Somebody's supposed to be following. You can't lead somebody if you don't know where you're going. And I want to make this clear. You don't know where you're going in the local church if you're not part of the local church. Our conference president, Jay Gallimore, was just out in Australia. He was working with a group called Gateway out there. And some of you may be familiar with the Gateway group, working with campus age kids and doing uh, cell churches, a, a small group ministry and one of the one of the guys from gateway told and he was Elder Gallimore was telling us this he said he the guy asked him you know or or told him our biggest challenge is when we leave gateway and we've got to go back to our home churches we don't know what to do because it's it's easy relatively to start a group perhaps on a campus, and find some like-minded people, but it's a whole different ballgame getting into the local church. And many of you may be perhaps connected with student groups on campus, but you might not know what to do in your local church. Now, some of you may. But I'm telling you that our church corporately is what the local churches are, and we need young adults who are there, not just getting up front and, and giving the scripture reading in the local church, and that's what I want to talk about today, the importance of being involved in the local church. And when I say involved, what does it mean to be involved? If I talk about being involved, you hear me say being involved in the local church. What does that mean, be involved? Being Okay, being active. Helping to further the mission. Helping to further the mission, that's good. A lot of people say active or doing something. If you're do, doing something in your local church, but does doing something necessarily mean you're involved what is let's put it this way let me ask it this way what does it mean to be involved with a special someone does anybody here have somebody they're involved with you know that special guy or girl what does it mean does it mean there's a great amount of attention given there maybe a little inordinate attention when I was in college, I met my wife. My first year, I tell people this with shame, that my first year of college, the University of Missouri, in Columbia, Missouri, I went from a 4.0, or no, 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 that wasn't a, my, my high school average, was a little bit, something about 3.5, to a 1.0 grade point average. That's a straight D, you understand that, and, you, and you don't, they don't give you the money back. You've got to take all the classes over, but they don't give you the money. Those are not a passing grades in college. Uh, and, and a lot of it had to do with, my wife always says I blame her, so it's not her fault, but I was a little bit consumed with my relationship. You understand what I'm saying? To be involved with somebody means you're giving a great amount of attention there, means that there are activities that you are spending together to the exclusion of other activities, right? There are a lot of places I could go, but there's one place I'm going to go, right? Wherever she's going to go. You understanding what I'm saying? How many of you understand what I'm saying? Does anybody here, is anybody here in a relationship? Let me see your hands. You know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Anybody who's been in a relationship, you know what I'm talking about. You're you're involved and you're spending and, and as you're spending that time together, the more time you spend together, you might even start to entertain ideas like this you know, I think I might be able to spend the rest of my life with this person. You know, that comes in that setting. Now put that back in involvement in church. You know, we could say being involved in in the local church means I'm doing something. But is it possible to do something in the local church without being involved? I'll give you a scenario here. I'm going to use a prayer meeting example. Now, a lot of pa- a lot, uh, there are churches that are getting away from prayer meetings altogether. You know why? Because nobody comes. But let's just take a, a, a situation where you've got a prayer meeting, and uh, the pastor is leading out, and he schedules some of the elders of the church to lead out alternately. So the pastor may do it this week, and an elder does it next week, and another elder the week after, and the pastor the week after, and they make a schedule so the elders begin to fill in those spots but it's altogether possible that when that elder isn't on schedule he doesn't come to prayer meeting i wish that wasn't the case but i've seen it happen i've been a pastor for for quite a while let me ask you a question is that elder who only comes when he's on the schedule involved in the church he's even an elder no he's not involved if you treat a relationship like that and you only show up to the things you have to, right? She or he tells you, you better be there or we're breaking up. Okay, I guess since you're breaking up, if I don't be there, I'll, be, I'll show up. If that's how the relationship's based, it's not going to go very far. Isn't that right? It's possible to be involved, uh, to be doing something rather, without being involved. And I want to suggest this to you. Attendance can be a greater indication of involvement than work can be. Attendance can be a greater indication. And if you want to be a leader, if you want to answer the call of God for your life, then you're going to have to start showing up to things. It's a reality. Can you imagine a leader who doesn't attend in the area where he wants to exercise influence? And then suddenly, I mean, can you imagine a pastor that never shows up and then all of a sudden one day he says, hey, okay, I'm here and I want you to follow where I'm going. We, we don't know where you're going, man. And you don't know where we're going because you're never here. You hearing what I'm saying? Attendance can be a greater indication of involvement than work. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Hebrews 10 with me. Hebrews 10, we're going to Verse 25. This is that great attendance text given in a last day setting hebrews 10 verse 25 tells us and i'm reading in the new king james version not forsaking the what the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching what day is that the day of the Lord, the day of Jesus' second coming. So we're looking for Jesus' second coming and the closer we get to the second coming, what does the Apostle tell us to do? Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Now the question we need to ask is why? What's the purpose that we should be assembling and he says we should be assembling together not less but more. Why should we be doing this? Look at the verse right prior to that, verse 24. He gives the reason. He says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembly see a lot of us think when it comes to attendance we think about what we're going to get out of it and then we gauge everything on that well you know i i'll tell you this is the worst i don't know how it is here on campus i know when i pastored in the city i pastored in grand rapids and we had lots of churches and we had more church hoppers there you know what i mean when i say church hopper These are the people who say, what's the greatest entertainment value going on this weekend? Oh, they got a concert over at this church, I'm going to go over there. Oh, they got a special speaker over here, I'm going to go over here. Never involved in a local church, it's always about what I'm getting out of it. But according to Scripture, why do we go? And why should we be going and gathering more and more? Considering one another. We should be going, not for as much what I'm getting out of it, but what I can give to it, what I can put into it. It's been several years ago now that I baptized a man. Uh, he came to an evangelistic series we did in Grand Rapids, and uh, it, 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 to me, it's the, the, it really communicated this truth as kind of the epitome of uh, this, the importance of this this subject. This man came. Uh, I'll never forget his baptism. The way I typically will conduct a baptism, I like to do them. I don't like to do them during the church service if I can help it because they're always rushed. You can't make it as special because it's like, okay, well, we got to get through the service and get out by 12. So I like to do them like a, like a Vespers service and that's what we did. We had several people we were baptizing and I'll never forget in that baptism, um, I was sitting up front. I'll typically, we'll do, we'll do the, uh, the baptism. First, we'll have, the, uh, we'll have them do the baptismal vow up front And then we'll have somebody lead out some hymns and we'll go back into the baptistry. We'll do the baptism. And then after the baptism, I'll have them share personal testimonies, those who want to, and then they'll sit in the front and I'll give them a charge. And then after that, I invite everybody who's come to the baptism and I line them up up front and have everybody come up and greet them and welcome them to the family of God, right? So here I am at this baptism and I'll never forget this guy's family who came to the baptism wife, his wife's mother, and his wife's sister. And as we're sitting in the congregation, I still see them. They sat right there, like this. And I'm telling you, they didn't smile the whole time. I'm convinced they only came to let him know how displeased they were with the fact that he was getting baptized. They did not want him to be baptized in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So there they are sitting up there scowling the whole time, lest you think I'm making this up, then when we get to the end of the service, I invite everybody to come up and greet them. Not a single one of his family members greeted him afterwards. Now, I knew this guy, this brother, was having struggles in his home because of the choice he made to follow Christ. You following what I'm saying? He He was sacrificing something to follow Christ. Now, when it comes to prayer meetings in the church, you know who comes to prayer meetings without a, uh, without a hitch, the people who are real regular prayer meetings? It's the new people. Above all people, the new people. See, because they realize they need it the most. And this man, I'll never forget, prayer meeting, our prayer meetings were just like any prayer meetings. Uh, attendance is a, 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 a margin, sparse, from the general attendance and Sabbath. And I remember seeing that man coming to the prayer meeting and sitting by himself in the prayer meeting and thinking to myself, I mean, I'm leading out, thinking to myself, I wish there was at least one church member who cared enough to be here to sit next to that guy who's given up his whole family for Christ. No, but we don't consider one another we consider ourselves and we say oh it's not prayer meeting i've probably heard it before and the kids got little league and i'm working late or i need to make some extra money whatever it is and sometimes i'm not saying they're not legitimate reasons a person may have for not being at a prayer meeting but i'm just telling you that in the context of hebrews the purpose for us attending the services of the church is not just for what we get according to scripture it's for what we can give And I want you to put yourself in the place. How many of you have ever been in that experience where you've come to a prayer meeting or any kind of spiritual meeting and there's just a couple people? You come and there you are with two other people. What's your initial thought? What's your initial reaction? Honestly, this must not be that important. Right? There must not be anything going on worthwhile here. Right? I mean, look, I, I... I do it as much as anybody else. I hate to say it, but the reality is that's what we tend to do. It tends to discouragement. And I want you to understand that every church function, be it prayer meetings, worship services, evangelistic series, other seminars, every function, these functions right here every function success rises or falls in some measure on attendance in some measure or another, attendance, attendance factors in and one of the greatest ministries that you can do for the church and for yourself is a ministry I like to call attendance ministry one of the easiest things in the world to do just show up You can't be a blessing to something you don't show up to, can you? Yes or no? You certainly can't be a leader in a place where you're never showing up. You can't have any influence on people in a place you aren't present at. If you're going to be a leader in the cause of God in these last days, then you've got to learn the importance of attendance ministry. You may say, well, why should I attend? Let's start with, what should I attend? we've looked at a little bit of why what should i attend what are some of the things we ought to be attending i oh i heard i heard it quieter i thought over here oh no you just had to go there first didn't you sabbath school sabbath school really oh it's so early i want to tell you something i am ashamed i'm ashamed To be an Adventist when I look at our attendance in Sabbath schools. I'll let you know something, friends. Sunday keepers are much more faithful in their attendance of Sabbath schools than we are. Did you know that? Or Sunday schools, pardon me. But you know what I mean. It's absolutely astounding how people tend to trickle into the Adventist Church when the church service starts. Even as a pastor, I'll get up, we'll start the service. People will do the welcome and everything else. And even as the welcome has been uh, uh, given and we're into the service and the offering's been taken up, people are trickling in to the church service. What does that communicate? What does it communicate to our visitors when none of us come to Sabbath school? Why bother? It's not important. What kind of leaders are we going to be if we're not there at Sabbath school? folk? we grow in Sabbath school. There is nothing more powerful than Sabbath school. Sabbath school is a chance you have to connect and to learn and to interact. Now, I've got, I could go on about Sabbath school. I have some frustrations with Sabbath school. One of those frustrations being the, the, uh, the whole facilitator mentality. Pardon me if I step on your toes. Hear me out here so that you, you I, might, I might or might not be, be uh, speaking of you, but if I am, just hear me out. Uh, one of the things that's more frustrating to me than anything as a pastor is the person who gets up in front of the class and says yeah I'm not the teacher here I'm just the facilitator now we looked at this last session the Bible says we ought to be teachers by now yes don't be ashamed to be a teacher what people do is they say well I don't want to call myself a teacher I don't want to put myself above everybody and so I'm going to call myself a facilitator but think about this think about you going to one of your college classes and your teacher's like well you know don't look to me to teach you anything I'm just kind of a facilitator here and we're just going to share opinions You're going to be like, how much money am I paying for this class? Right? Now, I know you don't pay for Sabbath school, but the fact is, if you are asked to teach the lesson, teach the lesson. Should have been an amen on that from somebody. Anybody here ever taught the lesson? You invest yourself in a lesson and you're... No, the the idea of Sabbath schools is that that's where people should be able to leave a Sabbath school class knowing something more than when they came in not just sharing opinions. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes talks about the sacrifice of fools. It says that people come into the temple of God to offer the sacrifice of fools. Have you ever read that? And it goes on in that chapter, chapter 5, I believe, verse 3, to say a fool is known by his many words. Many of our Sabbath school classes, all we're doing is giving the sacrifice of fools. We're all in there, and we're just going to shout opinions around for an hour. So I can see where there could be some challenge with sabbath school class i've talked to some of my young people i've had them talk to me sometimes about that pastor i don't come because we don't ever go over anything we don't discuss and learn anything from scripture so i try to do different i lead the young adult class in my church when we have our young adults that are back from college but i was talking to an andrews university student we're about an hour north of andrews university and uh, talking at camp meeting because I work in the young adult department at camp meeting, and the, the, uh, the student was sharing how when school is not in session at Andrews, you know when Andrews is in session, they've got all of these kids from all over the place, and so they have these big youth Sabbath schools, and it's just like I said with youth group, it's it's always it's totally different than any other Sabbath school in the church. So you get geared up to going in, you're singing different songs. Probably three quarters of the thing is song service, and then you're shouting opinions around, and, and it's not, uh, and I'm not trying to be uh, critical here, but I'm simply saying it's a disconnect from what typically happens in church. And then when that same young adult goes to a local church, they just say, I'm not going to this thing. This local church class is boring. This Andrews student said, You know, when the school session is out, the students in the area, in the Berrien area, the, the ones who live there, they just don't go to, to Sabbath school, they just go to church they don't have their special sabbath school classes going on now listen we're talking about attendance ministry why wouldn't a christian go to sabbath school class i'm talking young and old why wouldn't you go i've got church members they come in and they say oh it's my only day to sleep in i said let me ask you a question and this is a typical conversation i'm giving you let me ask you a question when do you go to work in the morning well i got to be there at 5 30 so what time do you leave i leave the house at 4 30 sabbath school starts at 9 30. You can sleep in for three hours and still make it on time. I'm telling you, folks, it's priority. I've had, church, I've had people, so you've got Sabbath school classes that people aren't attending. What else are things that we should be attending in, ha- in the happenings of the local church? Prayer meetings, vespers, I'm looking for something a little more nitty-gritty. Well, no evangelistic series are exciting oh what's that board meetings most churches let me tell you something most churches have open boards that means you can go and find out what's discussed in the business of the church and no it's not entertaining sometimes it is board meetings if you anybody sat on boards but it's not generally entertaining but the thing is that's where the work is being planned what else now a board meeting could be an open board and some boards aren't open boards but generally it's an open board which means you can sit in for most of the discussion and participate in what your church is planning but beyond that what is something that is open to everyone not the board business meetings business meetings I remember my brother Jim making a comment this summer at camp meeting about his daughter who's 12 years old well she's not 12 now when she got baptized 12 years old and they had business meeting and they go to business meeting and she's going out to play and he said "Oh, oh young lady where do you think you're going I'm going out to play he said you just got baptized you're a member of the church you need to come to the business meeting now she wasn't jumping up and down about it but I'm telling you something In the book education the life work chapter i talked about earlier ellen white says that one of the first things young people need to know is the importance of church relation when they come into the church one of the obligations that they need to be taught is to be part of the local church it's not just young people the majority of people don't come to the business meetings of the church like are you a member here or not i think to myself that's part of church why would a person why would a person attend a business meeting well i guess if you're not interested in what the church is doing you wouldn't i guess if you're not interested in using your influence in the work of that local church in the mission territory of that local church you wouldn't but otherwise you would be there right and i understand that some of you here haven't even thought of that I've got a statement similar to, to this. I'll bring in, in in just a moment, but I'm, I keep bringing things from the life work chapter just because it's such a phenomenal chapter. I really do want to encourage you to read that chapter, the life work in the book Education. And one of the things Ellen White talks about in there is young people and how college, the college experience, unfits many of our young people for life. I don't know if you're aware of that it's not supposed to it doesn't have to don't get me wrong i'm not telling you to not be in college but she makes the point that some young people they, they become so focused on their studies and they don't take responsibility in anything else and one of those things is church you've got business meetings and then of course there's the church services and i'm amazed at how many adventists just write off church service I mean, they may come most of the time when when they're at home, but then it's like, oh, well, I'm going hunting this weekend. I'm going bird watching this weekend. It's out in nature. Oh, I was vacationing. I was on vacation, so we didn't go to church. Really? I mean, when I'm on vacation, I look up where the Adventist church is. I've gone to lots of different churches. Some of them have been really crazy. But listen, I go. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. It's a Sabbath day. It's a holy convocation. That means a gathering, and I'm going to gather with the people of God because I'm invested in the work of God. Young people, you need to be invested in the work of God, and too many young people just, they, 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 they haven't made that transition to see that, oh yeah, it's not mom and dad anymore. It's me. I'm the person now who's taking control of my life and choosing to be a leader in God's work. And one of the things that is a key Factor in being an effective leader is being there. Attendance ministry, the ministry every one of you can do. Another thing that should be attended is communion service. I'm surprised how many people skip out when they find out it's communion Sabbath. If somebody invited you over to their house for dinner and made a special meal, what would you say? I'm going to tell you what you would do. You would go and you would eat it. And why? Because to say no after they went to all that trouble or to go and not eat it would be a slap in the face, wouldn't it? But every communion Sabbath, there are Adventists who slap God in the face because he's prepared that supper for them, that special supper for them, and they say, ah, oh, it's communion Sabbath. I wonder what else is going on. Attendance is, is so vital, and I'm going to tell you something else. Jesus makes a statement where he says, store up your treasure in heaven. You remember that? He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also i want you to think about that for a minute he w- notice what he didn't say he didn't say wherever your heart is that's where your treasure's going to be he says wherever your treasure is now what's significant about that does anybody have valuables here you may say not a lot but something valuable to you that you would store up anybody have a bank account who chose your bank account who did it you did right how many of you chose your bank account how many of you chose where to put your treasure listen to me carefully you choose where to put your treasure and jesus says your heart will follow wherever you put your treasure and if you choose that you're not going to invest yourself in the local church guess what your heart's not going to be there either Your heart is where you choose to invest yourself. But if you say, you know what? I'm going to go to the business meetings. I'm going to go to the prayer meetings. I'm going to go to the board meetings. I'm going to go to the evangelistic meetings. I'm going to go to the services of the church. The more you find yourself there, you'll find your heart follows. You hear what I'm saying? Imagine you were the one that had to plan something. Imagine you planned an event for your church. Let's take a social event. What do you want to do for a church social? Throw something out. Potluck. Okay, potluck. No, let's not do pot. An event. Like... Apple okay, a bonfire. Or what's that? Apple, Apple bobbin at the bonfire, okay? So you're planning this uh, harvest festival or something, and you're going to have this thing. So what are you going to do? You're planning it. What would you do to plan that? I want you to put, put yourself in the position of a leader for a minute. What are the, the, some of the things you've got to do? Okay, you've got to delegate. You've got to find some people to put in charge of different things, right? Location and time, okay? So you've got a location. What, what's involved in that? Yeah. It's either at your house or what? Somebody else's house that you've got to arrange and then you've got another person who is committed to saying, okay, we can use my house and we'll have the bonfire at my house and so you're getting your people involved. What else do you have to do? Arrange the time that you're going to need. Okay, so you've got to arrange the time Okay, you've got the time and place. What else? It Put it in the bulletin. Advertise. What else might you do for advertising? Make some flyers. Could you make some flyers? But you go to that little country church that doesn't have a copy machine at it, so you've got to go down to Kinko's, and somebody's got to run down and run flyers off, right? So there's a lot of things going on here, Right? but you're excited about it you're going to have your bonfire apple bobbing and all this fun and so you get together you're working on it you've got different people in charge you've arranged the place you've arranged the time you've announced it from the front of the church you've got it in the bulletin you went and made your flyers at kinko's you've handed them out to everybody and you show up there and nobody came how do you feel You feel pretty bummed out right you feel pretty insulted you know that's what happens all the time in the church we know what even thinks about it not just with socials what happens when you don't show up for sabbath school what happens if you got the lesson say hey could you teach sabbath school this week oh you're all panicked about it you've gone into all this hours of preparation to make sure it's just right and you get there and nobody comes We need to choose to be a part of the work of god you know the bible tells about god how he threw well it tells about a king who threw a great supper and invited many people and then when the invitation went out what happened with the people they all began to make excuses and you remember what the scripture said the master of that house was angry with those people who didn't come you can relate to that a little bit when you think through that scenario okay you've gone to all this trouble friends god has gone to all this trouble to 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 organize his church on the earth and these different things in our church are for the furtherance of his work and when we just come to sabbath services that's not being invested in the work of god that's not being involved in the church we need a generation of young people involved in the church i want to share with you some statements here as we as we close this out This is from the book Councils on Education, page 28. It says, many students, speaking to the students here, many students have made their studies the first great object and have neglected prayer and absented themselves from the Sabbath school and the prayer meeting. And from the neglect of religious duties, they have returned to their homes backslidden from God. So you can come to a Christian school. Why do you come to a Christian school? Why not go to a secular school? Because you want to maintain your Christianity, right? You want to maintain your spirituality. But it says right here, if you come to the school and you distance, and what's the word used here? Absent yourself from Sabbath schools, prayer meetings, and religious duties, you return to your home backslidden. A most important part of their education has been neglected. That which lies at the foundation of all true knowledge should not have been made a secondary consideration. But too often our spiritual life and spiritual activities and the practical spiritual activities are put on the back burner. She quotes Psalm 111, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This must not be made last, but first. I've got another quote here I'm not going to read about how relationships do the same thing. And young people who God is calling to be leaders allow themselves to be distracted from a work he has entrusted them with. My young people, I want to tell you something. Our church is in desperate need of young adults who will seriously take hold of the responsibilities in the local church. And it's, I'm telling you right now, it's not easy. It's hard work. They get into a local church where the fact of the matter is the culture in our local churches is not the young people, it's most of the people. They just don't want to get involved in things, which means you have to do double the work. But it's the call of God on our lives. It's the thing that God has given you and me to keep us strong spiritually. And ultimately, by faith in Him, it's going to finish the work. And I'm going to tell you, saints, the work is going to finish with us or without us. We can be a part or we can choose not to be a part. I'm appealing to you to choose to be a part of the work of God. Even now, I would encourage you to be thinking about how you can be more involved. And if, you, if, you, if you're not settled into a church here on campus, settle into a church. I know there are a number of churches in the area. Get involved in a church that you can be involved in and start taking an active part for your own soul's sake and for the sake of those others who are coming so you can be a blessing to them step up to the call of god to be a leader to be first and foremost to take part in the ministry of attendance how many of you take that challenge today let me see your hands let's bow our heads father in heaven father you know the need we have not just of the young lord we are in a society that is so non-committal that the work your work, your, your, your mission is languishing in this world. And Father, we should be years ahead of where we are. But you are raising up a generation of young people to be leaders, to take those responsibilities. And it starts, Lord, with us just showing up and being invested and involved in your work that our heart may be bound up with your work. I pray, Lord, for those who are here today. I pray for the hands that were raised and Lord, for those who didn't raise their hands, I pray that you would strive with them and impress them with the, with, with the utter and, and vital need, not just your, the need that your cause has, but that their very soul has to be an active part of this work. Bless them, Lord, to this end, I ask and pray in the name of Jesus and for his sake, amen. This media was brought to you by AudioVerse,